0: I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without
1: further ado, let's let's get get relational. relational. Back to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today, we're talking (laughs) about personal responsibility.
0: Yep. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is how your words and your actions can and will have consequences. Now, uh, we don't mean good or bad consequences necessarily, uh, but we need a more positive or negative. And by that, we mean either adding something to your relationship or taking something away from your relationship. And so when, um, because every relationship is like a, is the healthy relationship is a give and take. Um, Some relationships that um, aren't as um, stable or as healthy can be more of a super give or an extreme take. Um, and that's that's when you like that that's in the territory of, territory of a little unhealthy there because then you have codependency and you're getting all your needs met in a certain way, which isn't necessarily healthy. But um, for words and actions, it's important to know that when you say something or do something, that it can have a consequence, and that someone else might have a reaction. The thing is, though, it's not your responsibility to control anyone else's reaction to whatever you do or whatever you say, but it's your uh, duty as being part of the relationship to understand how what you said may have been taken or affected that person if it hurt them or caused them to become upset. Because you can't control whether or not they're going be, gonna to be hurt. Even in my relationship with my mom, and we have a great relationship, I can still say things that mildly upset her. And same to me, but we are able to see like, hey, it kind of upset me or upset me. And then the other person would be like, oh, wow, that's not how I, what I intended uh, for that, what I did or what I said. But um, I apologize for how it came out that way. Um, and we often do that within the moment as well. Like, "Like, oh, I didn't mean to say it that harshly. Or, oh, that was a little, a little rude. A little sorry. Tricky. A little prickly. Sorry. Um, and it's because we're able to catch that. But that's because we worked on it for so long. But if you're just starting to be really aware of how you're saying things, um, you may not realize that you could have hurt something or how hurt someone in the way that you said something or the way you acted or did something. And it may take them coming to you or being upset or having a reaction for you to realize like, oh, I might've hurt them with how i said that. And that's okay, but it's just, it's your responsibility to realize that, oh, how, I said something or did something hurt them and take responsibility for that, but not responsibility for any reaction that they have to it. Because often when someone gets hurt, they're going to have a reaction and it could be immediately that it's anger. And so they could come at you or it could be the hurt feelings because they're, they're kind of like the same, uh, the opposite sides of the same coin when it comes to that, where if you have hurt feelings, you're often, you're often angry underneath that. And if you're angry, you have hurt feelings. So like, take a look at where you're at on that scale. And there's like a couple of other ones you might shut down. That's another one. So if they shut down, um, that's generally a sign that like, oh, I must've hurt them in some way. Um, you're kind of on a roll here. I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's just important to be aware of your your actions and your words can affect people and it's only your responsibility to uh take notice of that and apologize when that when it's been upsetting to them but it's not your your responsibility to control and a reaction so you don't need to go around You know, thinking about everything that you say before you say it, like, neurotically, that's not really, that's not very fun and not going to be easy to do.
1: It's taking responsibility for what you do say, and I like to think of it as having um, an emotional bank account with the person you're in a relationship with. And just as a reminder, this is not just about parent-child or or romantic partner or anything. This is all of your relationships. So that um, when you're putting more into the emotional bank account that has a positive of what you're giving to the relationship, yeah. it's much easier when there's something that's like a little zinger or a little owie uh, for people to take that and go, oh, I have so much good in this relationship mm-hmm. and the way this person communicates with me. So is there something going on with me that I'm feeling prickly and, and um, uh, kind of re- reacting in this way? Or... Is that person having a bad day? And they said it in a way that they normally wouldn't say something to me. And so I'm feeling Mm -hmm. sensitive to that and uh, being able to just have the conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And often if I feel prickly about something, I don't bring it up with somebody else because I know it has nothing to do with either of us, particularly, Mm -hmm. unless it's something that happens over and over and over again. I have one friend that must have been a hundred times she made the same suggestion to me. And uh, each time I would say, no, it's not really something I want to do until finally I said, and I could have done this much earlier, but it took me a little while because I was just kind of curious about it mm-hmm. until I finally said, do you know, you've like suggested this maybe a hundred times. And I've told you every time it's not something I want to do. And they said, oh, I didn't realize I had done that. She said, and they said, I used to be way more controlling than this. And I was like, oh, that's good perspective because that's not how I had known them in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And she was a sort of person who in her past had always told people what to do and always given suggestions whether they were asked for or not. And so it was a really interesting uh, place in our relationship Mm -hmm. for me to finally say, why do you keep suggesting the same thing that Mm -hmm. I've told you over and over again? I don't really want to do. And uh, it's funny how people want to fix things in our uh, relationships, whether we ask for them or not. Yeah. In my version of personal responsibility, I'm responsible for creating my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm happy to ask for your help. I'm yeah. ask, happy to ask for feedback. I have no trouble with any of that. But I don't like to do that with people who feel really invested in uh, me following their advice. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I, that's one of the things I think we both learned is how to give each other suggestions or feedback when it's asked for. And uh, not to feel married to the person doing anything with it.
0: Yeah, like, there's not an expectation that what we suggest is, like, going to be followed to the nth degree kind of thing. Or at all. Or at all. Like, that's the thing. There's no expectation for that. Um, It's just like, hey, you might want to consider doing that. And, sure, it's just at least you know that the other person will think about it and then... That that's it, that's all you can really do. And and again, it's not married to the outcome uh, of whatever they do.
1: Yeah, not married to the outcome, but also not unsolicited. You know, yeah. you know. hey, can I give you some feedback on that? Would you like some feedback? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just word vomit all over them. <laughs> um, I think it's important to, to say, oh, it's interesting that you've been dealing with that same problem for three months. Do you want feedback or you just want support?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, my friends know they'll get support from me. In the initial aftermath of something that's challenging for them Mm -hmm. and after that my support changes a little bit my support changes to okay you've been talking about that for three months do we want to talk about solutions to it or Mm -hmm. do you feel stuck in this or what's going on and i do it in a super loving compassionate way yeah and um and to people who i'm in relationship with in that way my friends and my my family they know where I'm coming from with this. And Mm -hmm. it's not to have my advice taken. It's just not there. Um, I know that my words and my actions have consequences. This is what we're talking about. And so I take responsibility for how I suggest things or how I speak up.
0: Yeah, because that's the important thing. You can only take responsibility for how, how you do things. You can't, you can't control everyone's reaction, that's just... You can try. You can try, it's just <laughs> not gonna work. It's um, not very fun to live no. that way. <laughs> no, um, which kind of leads into uh, like attached meaning, mm-hmm. right? Where when something is said maybe to you, you and and the reason why a lot of people have reactions in the first place is because they're attaching a meaning to something that is being said or done. And so with that, then they're, they could be misinterpreting the entire situation. Um, and their reaction is based on whatever meaning they've attached to it. So you can only take responsibility in that regard for what you said. And, be, and you, that's where the apology comes in. It's like, Oh, I didn't, I wasn't intending for it to sound this way, even if that's how they heard it, but that's how, what they attach to it. But it's just, Taking responsibility for, oh, it came off this way. I didn't mean for it to be that way. I apologize for for how it, it came off. Um, but still, it's understanding that you can attach meaning to what people say and what people do that may not even be close to their intention. Um, but it's also in your, when you're attaching meaning, understanding that that's what you're doing. And well, so...
1: Yeah, we're meaning-making machines. We yeah. have <laughs> to make meaning. That's what <laughs> humans do. Uh-huh. You know, so we have to make meaning from whatever's happening. But what... Transform my life, was realizing I got to choose what meaning I made exactly. up. Exactly. And that's the part that was the best thing. I, I did a, a group with a bunch of elementary school kids where we taught this concept. And it was so fabulous. They got it like this. Adults have a little bit harder time. So bear with us if you're like, no, 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 that means that. Well, no, it means whatever you make it mean. Yeah. If something challenging has happened in your life, you can make it terrible or you can say, wow, that's awesome. I remember I was in this coaching group mm-hmm. and I was just reeling from all of the personal change and, mm-hmm. and all of the growth I was doing and all of that. And then all the challenges that were continuing to come. And uh, my mentor said, you should be grateful for all of those challenges. I'm like, really? And he said, <laughs> he said, yeah, he said, on the other side of that is who you want to be as a person. Mm. And, um, you know, to, I couldn't do that for a long time. I, I'm much better at it now. But in that moment, I was exhausted from all the change going on inside of me, um, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, um, and the changes in my relationships. And, um, and he was like, every time there's a challenge, you should be, yes, I've got a challenge. I, I, you know, what I want is on the other side of that challenge. Uh-huh. I was like, okay. So I got it cognitively, but I just didn't get it in my body for a long time after that. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting was the kids got it. You know, we sat in a circle and a little girl's dog had died the day before. And so we all made up meanings. So 10 kids came up with 10 different meanings of what that could mean that your dog died. Yeah, And it was fascinating. It could mean you're grateful for an end to their suffering. It could mean, <laughs> this is coming from the kids. Yay, I get to get a new dog. Um, or I was tired of taking care of that dog or, um, I love that dog and I'm sad to see her go, but she's in a better place now. You know, whatever it was with each of those kids were coming from very different socioeconomic and and spiritual backgrounds, but they all had this ability to be able to see that they could choose the meaning Mm -hmm. they wanted to attribute to whatever was happening in their life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm and so that's that's like a key thing of knowing being aware when you're attaching a meaning and when you're attaching a meaning that doesn't serve you because that's that's the biggest thing we have reactions to meanings when we attach something that's like what would be considered bad maybe or negative something that is triggering to us um but instead you can also flip that same Meaning around to something that's much more and like joyful, and you know where it doesn't drag you down or trigger you. Um, it's just you—you you have your own reality, right? We all share this plane of existence, but you experience it differently than everyone else. So why not make your experience fucking awesome? You know, <laughs> like you don't have to make everything be terrible. You don't have to see everything as being an obstacle or a hurdle or something that you're gonna have to tackle and it's gonna be really difficult. You can attach a meaning that's like, oh, wait, no, that, that's that's fine. Like, that's, oh, I, I see what they mean here. It's, you can take something um, that you, you just get to interpret it how you want to interpret it. And the interpretation doesn't have to be what you might consider bad.
1: Well, and sometimes we attach meanings based on things that are uh, childhood issues mm-hmm. for us. And I always say mm-hmm. to people, whatever is your problem usually came between birth and age seven. And so you can either go back to psychoanalysis and figure out what happened between birth and age seven, or you can look at releasing the things that are triggers for you. Mm-hmm. And so the triggering thing is super important in looking at this because just because you have a uh, internal reaction to it doesn't mean you have to uh, attach a meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And um, so the trigger thing comes in here because this is my, um, my favorite little example uh, is when I used to teach a middle school class for parents, parents of middle schoolers. Um, about not attaching meaning to things because I said if your kid's yelling at you they're mad at you or whatever what if they said mom your hair is green you'd be like my hair's not green you know I, I don't I don't attach any meaning to that I don't feel bad about that it doesn't trigger me in any way but if they said something like you are so mean well I might attach meaning to that if I worry sometimes if I'm too strict and if I'm too um verbally uh challenging yeah. loud or whatever and yeah. i go oh and i i, I, I and, and how i experience that in my body is like a little heart flutter and i was like oh that that triggered me somewhere so is it that i think there's some meaning to that mm-hmm. that i've attributed to them saying yeah. i am mean or what if i took out you are so mean with your hair is so green and i'm like okay i can release that now because i'm not triggered by it mm-hmm. and what's real in this is it just their reaction Am I being mean by my standards? By their standards, obviously I am being mean. Mm-hmm. But you know, in terms of like how I take personal responsibility for it, yeah. I take responsibility for saying what I mean to say, and when it's not interpreted the way I meant it, yes. taking responsibility to fix it.
0: Yes. That's and, the,
1: yeah. the important thing here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> is if something is misinterpreted, like it's how do you go about solving that? And and making sure that they the other person understands what you really meant so that you can um, re- find a resolution to move forward in the relationship. Um, yeah, so, like that's that's the important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that
1: that for both of us in our relationship, we've really worked at uh, looking at what the triggers are when something is said by the other person. Mm-hmm. We've done a really good job at looking at how do we say things in a way for the other person to hear them? Mm -hmm. There are still certain things that are hard for um, either of us to hear. Oh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh
0: (laughs) uh-huh. And it's not just like from, from just each other. It's like something that's still triggering, uh, like all around if anyone says it, but it's still something that we're working on.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if you know you've got that trigger, like Mm -hmm. somebody says to you, you're too loud. And you have a trigger. That's me. Sarah definitely has that trigger. There's mm-hmm. no way for me to say that to her without her having a reaction. So I can't, I can't claim uh, mm-hmm. responsibility for that. I can't. I, I I don't know how to change that in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things we've worked on because sometimes it happens like we're in a small car, and I want to say. I really need you to be a little quieter because I, I this is it's so loud it's bouncing off the walls of this car. Mm-hmm.
0: And I have a very loud voice anyway; it carries. So yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and in a big space um, it's not a big deal, yeah. but in a small space for me, um, it feels like it's assaulting my senses. And um, it's one of those things we continue to work on because we haven't found a way for me to say that no, that there's... doesn't make her feel like oh, I, I have to be
0: quiet now. Yeah, and what's really interesting is that sometimes. I'll have a very minimal reaction yeah. to it too, or I'll be like, all right, fine. F- what the fuck ever. Like, I'll just quiet. <laughs> I'll be quieter. Um, other times I'm like, oh my God, no, I must never speak again. Like, it's it's very strange that I, that. but that's something I'm personally still working on. And that's my responsibility to work on that. It's not her responsibility to try and find it for a different way to say it. It's for me to be like, oh, mm, that was a trigger. <laughs> and it's still a trigger, but, being like, okay, that's something I still need to work on. So how do I continue to work on it?
1: And because I love her and value our relationship, I do work on it. I do work on sometimes not saying anything, like, okay, how do I go to my Zen place and not Mm -hmm. have it bother me? Um, Or, you know, really pondering, what's another way I could say that Mm -hmm. um, that would get the point across and that might make her not feel so contracted? Or do we do a desensitization uh, exercise and I do it, like we're going on a road trip next week. Do I do it the entire road trip? Sarah, you're being too loud. Sarah, you're being too loud. Oh,
0: God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. Uh. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying are, are there other ways? What are ways? the options? What are the options? Are there other ways we can work on it? Because um, yeah. it is, you know, the sort of thing where the more you hear it, the more you're like, it, it just rolls off of you. Because think, you know it's not anything that's bad about you.
0: Yeah, I, I think. It's gotten better recently. I want to say, um, for that so I haven't said anything. No, th- no, that's <laughs> not it. Um, but I, just my more awareness and realizing, oh, why am I? It, that, why does this matter? I just have to be a little more quiet. Like yeah. that's that's it. Yeah. Um, well, so... she's a
1: very passionate, very emotional person, and I am too. <laughs> but I'm way more reserved than her, and I learned that from the household <laughs> I grew up in, where you had to kind of fly under the radar to make sure you weren't going to get hit. Um, and I'm sorry, I say that with a, a smile on my face, but it's been years since anybody hit me, um, so I don't feel as sensitive to it as, yeah. a, as I used to. But um, when you have those fears, from often from your childhood, but also sometimes from other relationships you have in your older years and, and your adult years, uh, there are things that make you withdraw um, and take everything personally. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about not attaching meaning is don't take anything personally. Yeah, and it's like whether they say you're the most fabulous person I've ever met in my life or you're the most horrible person I've ever met in my life, just don't take it personally. It has nothing to do with you. No. It's mm-hmm. something coming from them yep. that they're putting on you.
0: Yeah, just projecting. yeah, so well and that I, what, are you good with that?
1: Uh, yeah. so yeah, yeah so so <laughs> what I want to um, move on to is that mistakes are okay. Oh yeah. You know, and we both make mistakes with each other. We make mistakes about the way we say something mm-hmm. or um, we have an expectation that's not met by the other person, mm-hmm. but we probably didn't express it. And, yeah. um, you know, like looking at those kinds of things that that uh, are the unsaid things that um, you're avoiding. And so allow yourself to make mistakes, but be conscious that you're not just being um, insensitive to the other person. Like if I know she's sensitive about being told that she's too loud, mm-hmm. then I want to be sensitive to it. I don't want to be that per- person, that parent, that whatever. It's like, Sarah, stop being so loud. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that do for her? And what's it do for me? It gives me a chance to react yeah. versus responding to what is happening for me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. but But, yeah, the thing is like, we're so often taught that making a mistake is just not okay. It's like, it's really bad. You shouldn't do it um, because it makes you a failure or something, and that's just not true. The whole point of making a mistake is being able to learn from it. Like l- mistakes are a points of learning. So if you do something wrong, how do you change it? How what do you learn from it? And it could be something as you put a dish in the dishwasher incorrectly and it broke somehow. And that's just something like, how did I put it in there? Oh, it must have hit something. You can logically figure out what went wrong there and be able to think, oh, I'm not going to do that again. You learn from that. You made a mistake. That's okay. Um, You just have to learn from that. The difference is when you're making mistakes and you continually... continue to make the same mistake over and over and over again, That that's when, why do you keep making that same mistake over again? What do you keep expecting from that mistake? Do you keep respect, expecting a different outcome? <laughs> exactly. Like what, what, what's going on there? So it's mistakes are okay when you're able to look at them and be aware of how can I change it? Like what did I learn and what can I do differently moving forward so this doesn't happen again? because that's important in relationships. When you do hurt some, hurt someone, or when you are aware that something is a trigger and you accidentally trigger that someone, how can you be aware of, okay, I did this. So I, I accidentally caused, that, caused a trigger for them. And how can I be more sensitive, more aware of that moving forward so that doesn't happen again or as often? Um, or very often, so how can you do that moving forward? That's the important thing within a relationship is that you're you're learning. No one is perfect. You're going to make mistakes. That's part of being human. You can't read someone else's mind. By, so you're not going to say everything the way you need to say it 100% of the time. So how do you learn from saying something that isn't received in such a way or do something that isn't received um, in a way that you intended? And just, it's about being able to move forward from that and be aware of how you need to change in, in that particular situation.
1: Well, and I want to say actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to make a mistake and say you're sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. It's another
1: thing to make a mistake, say you're sorry, and change your behavior. So I think yes. this is a really important thing that, that you were starting to go around the edges of. But this might be one of the most important things we talk about in mm-hmm. our entire series, and that is that your actions are what are important. And so your words are one thing, but words are cheap. You know, I can say all I want. I'm sorry. But if I do the same thing to her over and over and over again or in any of my other relationships, and what did, was I sorry? Yeah, no. and what
0: does that say to the, the person that you're constantly making mistake mistake with or about? Um, that you d- do not care? Like, do you not yeah. care that it's hurtful? Do you, not, do you not care that it upsets them? Like then they're going to start wondering what it means to be in that kind of be in a relationship of any kind with you. Um, and so so it's it's this give and take of realizing, oh, I've hurt someone. How do I learn from that versus like, oh, they told me that I made a mistake and I'm just going to say sorry, but continue to do the same thing over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. Those are not the people I want to be in a relationship with. Nope.
0: Um, I'm good. And, You know, of, of any
1: sort. you <laughs> mm-hmm. know, And so whether it's people I work with or uh, people who work for me or. Um, clients. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, you want to have that responsibility. The sense of both of you bring that um, personal responsibility to the table. And it doesn't work if it's only one way. Mm -hmm. If uh, I I was in a relationship where I took all the personal responsibility for fixing the relationship. It was a really Mm -hmm. challenging relationship in a lot of ways. And I just thought if I changed, then the whole relationship would change. Well, some things changed when I changed but it didn't change the relationship because the other person wasn't willing to take that same level of personal responsibility with Mm -hmm. what they brought to the table. And so it takes both of you bringing that sense of responsibility. And I have this conversation with my friends all the time of like, I want deeper intimacy in my friendships and I know who does and I know who doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I don't try to get it from people who don't want it. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that we'll probably do an entire episode on is capacity. So not everybody has the capacity to do that. Not everybody has the capacity to bring that level of personal responsibility to your relationship. And so you have to really look at what am I expecting from this person and can I get it from that person? There are those of us with parents, children, spouses that have no capacity to be who we would desire them to be in relationship and have no interest in changing. Yeah. And that's where we have to really look at, is it somebody I still want in my relationship or am I, kind of bound for now in this relationship because I'm a teenager and I'm I have to live with my parents I have no place else to go Mm -hmm. and that happens to people people and especially we're recording this these episodes during uh, the COVID quarantine there are people having to live together now That haven't had to live together for a while and Mm -hmm. it is
0: traumatizing
1: on one end or the other Mm -hmm. uh and and it really has a lot to do with whether or not they're each taking personal responsibility to create the kind of living environment and the relationship they want this can be a a fantastic opportunity i found because i only have a very small quarantine pod i found my relationships really deepening with those Mm -hmm. people And every once in a while, I'm like really hungry for my other friendships, but because I'm in my very small quarantine pod, I have not chosen to have those relationships or to see my extended family. You know, my my family of origin who lives um, on the other side of the country, I am really missing them. And I'm also feeling very responsible to make sure that I'm not spreading a virus um, and that I'm being responsible with who I allow into my circle so that we're all feeling protected. But we digress. We've been talking about mistakes. We've been talking about personal responsibility. Um, There is the next topic that I think is super important.
0: There isn't a rescue. Nobody's coming. No, you gotta be your own knight in shining armor.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you, I
1: I was raised my whole life to support myself. I put myself through college and graduate school and my parents just didn't have the ability to to do that Um, either. Uh, knowing how to do it or um, mm-hmm. how to financially help me out with that. And fortunately for me, I had uh, people in the church where I grew up who just saw that as a reality for me. They saw college. Of course I was going to go to college. And they helped me look at colleges. They helped me look at what the right match for me would be. And they supported me in a way that was really helpful for me. And mm-hmm. I, I think everybody needs to have that knight in shining armor, in shining armor that believes in them, mm-hmm. but they're not here to rescue you. So for me, like these people didn't do my college applications. They didn't jump through all those hoops for me. Mm -hmm. They just held the vision for me. Mm -hmm. And that made a huge difference. But if I've been waiting around for someone to rescue me, And And do
0: everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you really going to learn and what are you really going to get out of that if you're just expecting someone to fix everything and do everything for you? Because when someone is able to hold you up to a level, like holding that vision for you and being able to project that for you and tell you, hey, this is what I see for you in the future. And I can help you get there. Help you. I, that means they're, if you need help, you can contact them, you could talk to them. How do I do this? How do I go forward with this? How should I say this? And they can walk you through the steps, but they're not doing all of the things for you to get you to that future. And that's the important thing because then if someone else is doing everything for you, what are you learning? Where do you, what are you really experiencing if someone else is doing it? If someone else is coming in to rescue you, what do you learn? Do you learn how to stand up for yourself? Do you learn how to take care of yourself? Do you learn how to be powerful and say what you want and what you need? I would, I would say no. I would, I would say no if someone else is coming in and rescuing you from that situation. You're not working on gaining that power, working on standing up for yourself, working on saying what you need and what you want when someone else is. Doing it for you and trying to fix things.
1: Yeah. And the other part of it I would say related to that is I have super high expectations for her, but I'm not attached to the outcomes. I'm -hmm. not attached to my vision for her. So my vision for her is that she's happy, healthy, has wonderful relationships, and is able to support herself and sustain her life in a really beautiful way. Mm -hmm. I'm not attached to how that happens. And um, when she was in high school, I remember feeling some attachment because I was operating as a single parent at this Mm -hmm. point, and I felt some attachment to where she went to college, the fact that she would go right out of high school, that it would be a four-year, really good college, all of that. I was attached to those outcomes, and I had to, with a lot of work on myself, let go of what I perceived as other people's judgment of me if she Mm -hmm. didn't make those choices, and let her make her own choices. And so for me, I showed her lots of different scenarios of what life could be. I took her to big campuses Mm -hmm. and talked about classes with hundreds of people in them. I took her to small campuses where it felt like you were in a really, really small bubble um, and just helped her feel into what was gonna be right for her. We matched that with some analytical things too, Yeah. um, but what uh, we were really looking at together was what was gonna feel the best for her to support her into this next level of her Mm -hmm. development. And so that's the piece I've had to I, that I revisit all the time, and I think parents do in general, is not to have your um, attachments to what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Uh,
0: that might be in stone, in yeah, either. yeah. So it's it's not about with raising someone to that vision or holding a vision for for someone. It's also knowing that by like, they may not end up at the end of that. You just have to experience like or the way you expect them to go about it may not happen so it's just being aware like oh I want my mom to be happy too I want my mom to be able to do what she wants and has the life that she wants same thing for my friends but I'm not attached to them going about it in any way at all and that's sometimes what we can get caught up in is even in our relationships we we have this vision of how our relationship is supposed to be with another person and then it may not happen in all the ways that we want to or may not be what we expected. And then we are a little disappointed because we were so attached and so wanted this outcome to be a certain way and it just didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I've looked at um, groups of friends in my life over the years and I really wanted to make sure that she's not the only one responsible for me if anything ever happens. And so I really do look to the friends that I can create that kind of relationship with that we're there for each other that Mm -hmm. you know because my own biological family is 3,000 miles away i want to be able to know that i've got people who have my back if something happens to me and i definitely have theirs Mm -hmm. and so you know really looking at um, creating lives where we are not attached to outcomes Mm -hmm. and being really honest about the capacity of the people in our lives maybe you've surrounded yourself with people who don't have the ability to be what you're looking for in terms Mm -hmm. of your relationships And you don't have to let go of those relationships, but it's like knocking your head against the wall to feel like you're going to get something different from people who don't have the ability to give it to you. And it's like, I, I just don't have any interest in doing that anymore. It's such a waste of my energy. Yeah,
0: so it's being aware when you have a certain expectation for a relationship with someone that you're just not able to get. So is it, it's looking at reevaluating relationships of, of, so these are the expectations that I have for the relationships that I'm currently in. Are the, am I getting those expectations? Is that what's happening? Or am I never gonna get those expectations? And being aware to be like, oh, that's not just gonna work, that's just not gonna work in this relationship. How can I change my expectation or how can I let go of the expectations for that relationship so I'm still happy within that relationship but not expecting what I'm not getting?
1: That's the part that's so cool is because you just get to enjoy what really is. Yeah, um, I, I was coaching a woman once who was really unhappy in her marriage, and uh, but she was really attached to like everything the family, all of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And this is a really good man. She was really, she loved him, but she just wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what I want you to do between this session and next session is I want you to try on the jacket of divorcing him. Try on what that looks like and feels like to not be with him. Mm -hmm. Is it that you don't want to be with him or you're having needs that aren't being met that could be met somewhere else? And she came back the next week to her coaching session and said, I'm not leaving him. He's wonderful. It's just, I need to get my needs met some other places. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that He's really great in these areas, and I love him for that, and um, I'm still kind of lonely in these areas, and he doesn't really want to fill that need for me, so how do I love what I have with him, Mm -hmm. even if he's not going to change, and get what else I want elsewhere? And so it was, she was so much happier, so much lighter mm-hmm. when she realized that she could still get what she wanted, maybe just not in the, from the person she thought she wanted yeah. it from. Because often we try to make our, our spouses and, and our, our dating relationships even, we want them to be all things. Uh, and a all lot things. of parents mm-hmm. do that with their kids and kids mm-hmm. do that with their parents. I cannot be all things to this young woman.
0: No, and I don't expect my mom to be everything to me either. Like no. For all of the things. Like, no, it's just, that's not what I want for my relationship with my mom. Like, I have friends. I have a partner. I can go to many different people for many things and many needs that I have at once. Yeah. So, that's, that's, that's the healthy thing when you have or when you're able to have connections with other kinds of people where you can get different needs and wants met. So, it's not um putting all of your eggs in one basket or expecting everything from just one person
1: well and to be able to ask clarifying questions so when she was a teenager and i was doing the solo parenting thing and i remember cooking dinner one night and she she's a writer she's a a very talented (laughs) fiction writer and she was going on and on would you like silver hair with green eyes better or do you like gold hair with blue eyes and i'm like Sarah, do you really need me to listen and respond to these things, or are you just looking for a sounding board that I can keep cooking and I, uh, you just can talk out loud? She says, oh, I don't need you to respond. I I just need to talk out loud. And all
0: she needed to do was just be like, uh huh, uh huh, okay, uh-huh. oh, 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 interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah, like. <laughs> and sometimes i'll even say that like i'll say that to my friends sometimes too just like you don't need to respond i just need to talk out loud in this moment and it's nice that you're here because then you get some sort of response but you don't really have to be listening Um, and some of us are designed that way uh like
1: I, i one of the things we've studied a little bit is human design and in my human design i'm a projector and um part of what that means is i need to be able to talk things out i don't necessarily want your advice and i will ask you for it if i want it but I need to say it out loud and those mm-hmm. times when I don't have somebody handy I'll write it out as if I were talking about it like you read my journals it looks like I'm having a conversation with myself and it has made such a difference to just own that that's just how I am mm-hmm. and it's beautiful like to accept that I used to think there was something wrong with me and it's like oh mm-hmm. no that's just part of who you are yeah and it's not a big deal like it's okay to talk it out and For me, what's really important is to be selective about who you talk things out with. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody that hates your partner, don't talk about your relationship issues with that person because they are not going to be supportive. No. If you have someone who uh, has a great deal of disdain for the way you parent your child and they think you should be doing it some other way, don't ask that person for advice. And um, don't try to talk things out with that person. Really look at the quality of your relationships and what people are bringing to you and choose your personal responsibility in these instances to decide who is the right person to have that conversation with. Mm-hmm. And I will say that a lot of my friendships have grown because I've said, I really want to have more opportunity to talk about things. And some of these things you guys don't understand because you're not entrepreneurs, you don't own your own business. But if I could just talk it out and just have you nod and, and maybe ask <laughs> yeah. a clarifying question, uh-huh. that would be great. I said, when I'm, I, what I'm not looking for is someone who's going to tell me what to do. And if there are any dads out there watching this or any husbands, um, I know that for a lot of you, there is this uh, need to fix things. And um, I used to be a fixer, too. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to clarify. Are you looking just to have a sounding board or do you want some feedback to help you solve the problem? And uh, it's one of the ways some of us have have grown up. And a lot of of women particularly tell me that their dads always try to fix things for them and uh, take care of it and tell them what to do. And really all they wanted was to be able to talk it out with their dad. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, finding a way to have those conversations with the people who are important in your life of saying what you want. Because you're yeah. not looking to get rescued, remember. Mm-hmm. You're looking <laughs> for the opportunity to take personal responsibility to create your life. Mm-hmm. And that means sometimes having conversations where you tell people what it is you really want and need.
0: Yeah. 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 Definitely. So the the final thing we wanted to talk about kind of sums everything up in a lot of ways is that personal responsibility in a healthy relationship is a two-way street. Um, You both have to be responsible for what you do and what you say and how it can affect that other person. And that also means when there's a lack of communication and when there's miscommunication too, Um, because that, in a lot of ways, um, fights and arguments, that occur in relationships stem from miscommunication and a lack of communication. So when there's not good communication and there's no communication and there's just all of these expectations of what's supposed to be and what's supposed to happen and stuff like that. And when it doesn't happen then you get really upset with each other. And then it turns into a fight because you're not talking about it and you're not being responsible for, oh, I didn't talk to them about this. So they wouldn't have known that this is what I wanted or what I needed or what I expected them to do. and but they did the same thing, so no one's a mind reader, you know. Like you can know someone really, really well, but still not know everything that's gonna go on their on in their head and how they're gonna do certain things. So you have to communicate. Um, that's why communication was our first episode. And if you haven't watched that, you should go do that. <laughs> but communication is really important because, it, especially within personal responsibility for um, taking for handling miscommunication and a lack of communication. Um, so what if you didn't say what you meant or you didn't say what you wanted at all? That didn't happen. So you have to take responsibility for it. If they didn't do what you wanted, did you tell them? If you didn't, that's on you for not explaining what it is that you wanted or not explaining it in a way that they understood. Because um, that's the other thing. If you're miscommunicating, did you say it in a way that they understood? Did you check in that they understood? Did you ask a clarifying question? Or did you just expect them to know what you said after you said something and didn't check in again?
1: I was walking with a friend yesterday and she was saying that she had asked somebody to do something and assumed that it would be done in a certain way. Not checking out if she was clear in her communication. And it was so interesting to me how often we do this and and it continues through our whole Mm -hmm. lives if we aren't checking in with ourselves in that sense of personal responsibility have I asked for something clearly mm-hmm. and am I honoring what that person's availability is and their capacity for growth and for understanding? Have I said it in a way that they understand? Mm-hmm. And um, have I asked for feedback to make sure, like if I ask her to do something, mm-hmm. then I have to make sure that I've, uh, I'm not kind of short in my description of what it is I expect. And I when, once people work with me and Sarah works with me, in a couple of businesses, once people work with me, I, I pretty much turn them loose pretty quickly, and so I um, I can be um, at fault for not being super clear about what I wanted for the outcome. And so when I uh, when I'm looking at things now, I try to get really super clear about what I'd like to see the result be. Mm-hmm. What will it look like when this is completed? So we were just working on a project today, yeah. and it's like okay, I don't really care how we get here. That You've got the autonomy for that. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want at the end. I want this result. I want to be able to see this at the end. I don't care how we get there. Mm-hmm. And if I were in a different kind of relationship with her, if she were like an employee or something, I might say, I want this to be this way, but I don't expect it to take more than three hours. If it's taking you more than three hours of your time, then let's check in mm-hmm. and see if there's a better way to do it. And when she first started working with me, we did things like that. It's like, well, tell me how you're spending your time. Because if, if this is taking too much time for you, we have to look at whether there's something, a better way for me to teach you about it uh, or whether my expectations are off because sometimes my expectations could be off. And so our sense of personal responsibility in terms of a two way street is I say what I think is clear and she responds with trying to feed that back to me or challenging me sometimes, no, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, here's what I want, you know, so I I try again. Here's what I would like to have happen. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't do that. Well, how do we get to a yes, we can? So, you know, one of the other episodes we talk about compromises, which we're not big fans of. Um, We want to go to a win-win situation. I want to be heard about what I want and need, and she wants to be heard about what's possible or what she knows how to do. And so then I can say, oh, well, do we need to bring somebody else in who will show us how to do it? Because I know this is possible because I saw somebody else do it. So how do I get that same effect for what we're trying to do?
0: Yeah, and so that can be applied for your interpersonal relationships, um, also be applied to your work relationships. But you know, it's it's taking responsibility for how you're communicating and realizing when you may have not been very clear, or checking in to make sure that you were clear as you're as you're learning to be more clear. So it's just taking responsibility for how you're saying things, for how you're doing things, and just double checking in on like, okay, how is this interpreted? Um, just to make sure. And then the more you understand how you're saying things and how it's being interpreted by that person, then you can work on how you say things directly with that person so there's less need to worry about checking in on them. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So recapping. Yes. Under personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's really important to understand that everything you say and do has consequences. It adds to or detracts from the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And be aware when you're attaching a meaning to something that is done or said that doesn't serve you. Like when are you doing when you're attaching a meaning that doesn't serve you? And when are you attaching a meaning that does serve you and why? Exactly. Mistakes are
1: okay. In fact, if you're not making some mistakes, you're being probably too timid and too uh, reserved in your relationship. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to try to fly under the radar and I'm conflict avoidant often, but I've been really working on um, being okay with making mistakes and yeah. like screwing up and yeah. it's okay.
0: Yeah, and there is no rescue. You must be your own knight in shining armor.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And everything about personal responsibility is a two-way street. And you want to make sure that you're taking responsibility for any lack of communication or miscommunication. And you want to ask the person you're in relationship with to yeah. do the same thing. And the heat of the moment of an argument is not the time to do that. But to be <laughs> able to just have a conversation about, hey, yeah. let's talk about how we're communicating. I, I would really like to work on some things about how we are each saying things. I want to say things in a way that don't make you feel triggered. And yeah. and I want you to feel like you can receive it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure how to do that. Um, so... Anyway, so join us next time for Mm -hmm. our next episode on boundaries. Indeed, yes. And until then, we love you and we send you much love.